I don't know. I think all of them will be interesting. I really am not scared of the Islanders at all. Um, what about Sorokin? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, with the way the Devils play hockey, they're going to get 50 shots on Sorokin because the Islanders collapse and the Devils are fast and creative. Um, so he, they're bound to score a couple on those 50 shots. Not that worried about the Islanders. Um, clip this for when they beat them in the first round. <laughs> You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. That's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. Good evening and welcome to episode 164 of the podcast. Cody Abrams and Melbourne with you for this one. How we doing, fellas? Doing good. Uh, It was a stressful weekend, though. Um, I'll tell you. Anything real estate right now is just absolutely piss poor stressful. And we got screwed around with um, with one of the agents representing a house that we went and saw on the weekend. And it was just an absolute shit show. But all of that stress evaporated when I was able to hold my niece for the first time on Saturday. We made the trip down and that was fantastic. And I hope that I hope her friends don't find this down the road, this video, but I will say she had the wettest shit in my arms. Oh my um, God. But other than that, cutest little girl you've ever seen, cutest little nose. She had her eyes open a lot of the time for being seven days old. And yeah, she was great. She didn't put up too much of a fuss. And yeah, it was awesome. Uh, I'm ashamed to admit how long it took me to realize that you said hand on your niece, not your knees. So I was like, what are you talking <laughs> about hands on your knees, like knees and toes or what? like anyway. So I'm ashamed to admit how long that took me, but glad to hear case. Glad, glad to hear that. Uh, it was a good weekend for me. St. Patrick's Day, obviously. Got to see uh, some old friends and make some new ones, as you do on St. Patrick's Day. So that was great. And uh, looking forward to this Friday, where uh, the three of us and a couple other friends are going to see the Buffalo Sabres and the New Jersey Devils in Buffalo. So that's going to be a treat. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be great. And then uh, I'm hopefully... Uh... Well, I've got another trip coming up after that, but I might tease that for next episode. Nice. Yeah, doing good, fellas. Really looking forward to uh, this Friday. It'll be uh, a first for me, my first Sabres game ever, uh, which is hard to believe. You know, I've been a a fan of them for so long, and to finally get that experience to go to KeyBank and Hopefully it's a it's a close game between uh, the Sabers and the Devils, and should be a good one. Looking forward to it. Uh, spring is on the horizon here. Nice weather is uh, is, is going to be uh, coming down here soon. So yeah, things are looking up, and it's uh, all good here. So is this your first Sabers game? Period or first in first Buffalo? in Buffalo? I, yeah, I should have clarified okay. that off the top. But yeah, first uh, Sabers game in Buffalo for me so i'm excited okay it's gonna make for a very awkward car ride home either way if the devil's spank buffalo or <laughs> buffalo somehow pulls it out against new jersey yeah john and i will be in the back seat just living it up couple leafs fans have no stake in the game uh but yeah. i'm sure oh and actually as i say that no stake in the game we won't we probably won't even be able to bet 
at the game live in play because we'll be in new york not ontario so we'll have to play some before we yeah exactly play. damn we'll, we'll have to uh and speaking of betting what before we get into the episode as well i wanted to say that we are very excited i think i said this last episode but i kind of glazed over it but very excited now to have another two months on with bet stamp the uh line shopping app for sports bettors go there to get the very best odds for the bets that you will already be making i did that tonight you won't hear this in time but i bet on Pierre Engvall uh, to score. So naturally, by the time you hear this uh, on Wednesday, he'll have had a hat trick against the Maple Leafs, and it'll be all the talk for the next two days, so or for the, the next day. So uh, yeah, shout out to Betstamp, the line shopping app for sports betters, and uh, excited for another two months. Perfect. All right, let's get into this episode, and uh, we'll start by uh, talking about a bit of news that dropped uh, earlier today, and that is that uh, Fanatics is going to become the new jersey provider of the NHL. So Adidas is out. Fanatics, a pretty popular brand, as we all know, is uh, taking over the uh, the jerseys for the National Hockey League. So uh, just a, a thought or two on that, uh, guys. Uh, Case, we'll we'll go to you first. My first reaction, I was pretty disappointed to hear this. We've heard over the last few years that the NHL wants to be recognized on the same level as the NBA, the NFL, the Premier League, uh, you name it. They want to be rate level with all the, the top dogs, the MLB. I think that's the only one I missed there. Um, maybe I said that. Anyways, I don't think that this is a step in the right direction. All of those teams... Um, all of those leagues are represented by some of the top sporting goods, such as Nike, Adidas, uh, Puma, Under Armour, etc. I think Jordan is is representing quite a few teams' jerseys in the NBA, um, at least the alternate jerseys. And this is just not it. It's so baffling to me, like taking the the jersey that is the discount jersey, the the maker of your discount jersey, and then adding them as your your sole provider and then for the next 10 years it just sounds like a strange move to me um i'm hoping that they can still provide some sort of you know jersey a jersey b for the for the fans that can't necessarily afford a 300 jersey and i'm really hoping that they find a way to procure some better fabrics because their jerseys just aren't as good of quality simply said as the adidas stuff um that being said, I have a Fanatics jersey. I wear it all the time. I do like it. It's good for just the casual, you know, fan picking up a jersey. But I don't know. I think they just missed the mark with this. But the more I think about it, I think that this might be the NHL being on the breaking ground of a company that's going to start a monopoly. If you look at uh, the history of Fanatics, they started taking over the rights to the league's shops. Back in, I think it was 2015 is when they started. And each year they added a major sport. It started with, I think it was the MLB, or they started with the NBA and then they got the NFL and they got the MLB, they got uh, the NHL, and they just slowly checked off all the boxes. Well, to me, this is just the first step in their monopoly. They're picking up the NHL to be the pri- primary jersey sponsor or jersey provider, rather. And it's just going to be a, a snowball effect from here. This company has grown so much over the last decade, and they really are. Um, uh, they're creating a, a sports merchandising monopoly. Like, think about the other acquisition they got. It was Tops Baseball. They now provide the Tops Baseball cards. It's like, it's just snowballing at this point. 
Yeah, Case, I read in an article today on The Athletic, um, which referred to Fanatics as the Amazon of sports, uh, basically the place to go for all sports to get anything you need. And, you know, they, they've kind of worked at building that name, building that analogy for themselves, like you said, over the years and acquiring different companies and starting to provide for uh, the different leagues and stuff. And I believe it was 2017 when they came into the NHL and started making the Fanatics jerseys, which like you, I also have one of. And, you know, I've got to be honest, when I first heard that this was the provider, like you, Case, I wasn't very excited because Personally, I think Adidas has made the best looking NHL jerseys to date, and I will stand by that. I think they've led the charge in terms of, uh, you know, perfecting the basics, improving on some of the tech that was built by Reebok when the Reebok Edge jerseys came out. And then I think they were also leaders in terms of creativity, too. We saw that with their reverse retro series one and two as well. So I have really loved the Adidas jerseys when they came into the league. So I was a bit disappointed that A, they're not renewing and B, uh, the, the contract is being renewed by a company who, frankly, doesn't make very nice jerseys, at least the ones that I've seen when compared to the pro version Adidas ones that I've held in my hand. So I was a bit, you know, uneasy with the decision, but what am I going to do? You know, it's a 10 year deal and there are millions and millions of dollars involved. No matter what people think, the deal isn't going to get changed by any means and Fanatics isn't going to be replaced by anybody else over the next uh, 10 years after it kicks in unless they go bankrupt or something. So we're stuck with it. Um, I will say, too, when Adidas did first come into the league, I just mentioned how they're my favorite looking NHL jerseys um, ever, perhaps. I was a bit apprehensive because Adidas had never been on an NHL jersey before. You know, we had seen CCM, Coho. Uh, starter, uh, I believe pro player was in there for a bit. So we had seen like, lots of different, uh, obviously Reebok, right? With the, the Reebok Edge and the, the Edge 2.0s, which 2.0s, you know, ask the players, they'll say that it was some of the best technology for the time. And then Adidas just expanded on that. But I was a bit apprehensive when Adidas got the contract. Um, and then look what they did. They, they turned that into, you know, fantastic jersey so i'm hopeful that the same thing will happen for fanatics here my only and i would say main concern isn't necessarily what the players will be wearing because i think no matter what they'll make sure that the players are in uh great fitting and and great looking jerseys that uh, are made of good materials and whatnot i'm more concerned with us the consumers and what kind of product we will be getting from fanatics because if we get the same quality that I currently have on my Vegas Fanatics jersey, um, but for an increased price tag of around $300, what the Adidas ones were going for, that just won't be acceptable to me. So I think myself and a lot of other jersey nerds out there um, will make their voices heard if the quality isn't there, because frankly, Fanatics doesn't have that track record as being uh, a company dedicated to the details and to quality. So we'll see what happens. But those are my my thoughts on it. Yeah, that's my thought on, you know, I was saying I hope they still provide an A, B jersey um, option because, yeah, this before, you know, Adidas had such high quality jerseys. And I'm with you, Chad. I, they're my favorite jerseys that have ever been. I, I love them. A lot of Devils fans don't like them because they don't have the bar at the bottom, but get over it. Um, but just thinking quickly i was like well now no one's stopping them from raising the price on their their b product um 
before it was like it was quite simply the fans would say look at adidas and look at your jersey how could you think you could charge that much and then they just go with adidas anyways so um yeah i'm interested to see what they do and then i'll have a real reaction once they put out some product in a couple of years yeah it's funny like going back to because uh, i think it was reebok and then adidas you know i was kind of upset at that at the time and like you guys said you know look what adidas has done and that tage thompson jersey that i got uh in the royal blue a little while ago that's an adidas jersey and i absolutely love the thing so they've done some really great work fanatics is a is a good brand they they make a lot of nice sports merchandise i i find you know some of their t-shirts and the the quality of of them could be a little bit better they tend to wear out quickly i find um but we'll we'll have to see what they do with these jerseys they have been doing the mlb jerseys for about five years now uh elliot friedman i i heard him talking about that today so this is something that they should be able to do now in another professional sports league so it'll be interesting uh to see what we get from uh fanatics who has just been growing exponentially over the last decade or so like you said case i think they have shared rights in the mlb with nike yes Um, not 100 percent sure on that but i know for sure like the blue jays jerseys are not fanatics they're nike yeah yeah like uh, i think it's 50 50 actually is what i what i read but i'm not 100 percent sure and also i'm wearing a fanatic sweater right now that i actually <laughs> love it's great quality it's so thick and comfortable so i guess i'm just a hypocrite oh and it, yeah well this is a fanatic no one's too, denying funny enough <laughs> exactly no one's denying that their other products you know aren't good or at least look good for that matter you know like quality over time is something that you know for a hat you probably care less about than you do for a 300 dollars jersey so we'll, we'll see what the quality looks like on, on the consumer end it's just disappointing when there were some big companies like nike which you know they were obviously in the running i don't know if i would have I, I mean I, nike to me lacks creativity in terms of some of the world jerseys that we've seen over the last few years so i don't know if i would have loved nike to be the provider but i think it would have been better quality at the very least uh than fanatics and then personally i think the next jersey sponsor or or jersey provider that is should have been ccm because they currently do it in the ahl they make some great very creative jerseys in the ahl and it's great quality um and they have the means and and like the resources to produce it on a mass scale and give you a quality product at that too. So CCM would have been my vote. And now a word from our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Liquid IV. Whether you're staying active or nursing a hangover, Liquid IV has you covered. Just one stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. It contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's made with premium ingredients, it's non-GMO, and it's free from gluten, dairy, and soy. There are plenty of awesome flavors, but my personal favorite right now is lemon lime. So get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code boys underscore in underscore the underscore booth at checkout. That's 20% off anything in the store when you order using the promo code boys underscore in underscore the underscore booth at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today with Liquid IV. 
This podcast is also sponsored by the best ticket app out there, SeatGeek. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, making it quick and easy to get the best deals on tickets to your favorite sporting events. Plus, Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. So click the link in the description down below to download the app and remember to get your discounted tickets using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. All right. Well, uh, interesting news for sure. Uh, Fanatics taking over as the uh, official uh, jersey provider of the NHL. Uh, all right, boys. Let's get into um, the uh, the main topic for this episode, and uh, that is the uh, the playoff race in the Eastern Conference. And first of all, it's nice that we actually have a race in the East this season. I mean, going back to last year. There was next to no race at all. I mean, we knew which teams were going to be in in December. There was just no race at all. And now we've got one um, really... There's three teams that are kind of in and around it, and then others that, you know, have slipped. And unfortunately, my Sabres are included in that now seven points out. And, you know, a team like the Ottawa Senators as well, and and the list goes on. But um, as of right now, the New York Islanders hold that first wildcard spot, 80 points, 11 games to go. Florida. They've won three in a row. They've been on a nice little run. They've gotten things together. 79 points, 12 games uh, to go. And then the Pittsburgh Penguins, who, uh, you know, it's been kind of a free fall for them. They've lost four straight, 78 points with 12 games remaining. So, Case, we'll go to you first, man. How do you see this playing out in the East? And uh, who ends up getting those two wildcard spots? Yeah, I kind of broke it down to four teams, actually. I still include the Sens in this race, in my opinion, um, but I have come to the conclusion that they will fall short. I, I broke them down at looking at the last 10 games for all four of those teams, and then looking at kind of some key matchups coming up for each of them and injuries as well. So the Panthers in their last 10 were 7-1-3. and Sens were 4-5-1. and Islanders six three and one, and the Pens four five and one. I uh, you, you got to think it's it's going to be the Panthers, and I actually am just going to quite simply say that the Panthers will overtake the Islanders for the first wild card spot. Um, they do have a tough lineup coming up of a four game road trip for one. They've got Toronto twice, they've got the Rangers, Ottawa twice, and Carolina. And actually, the last three games of this season are Washington, Toronto, and Carolina. And that that's going to be so exciting because that's going to be a real race, and those games are all going to matter. Um, so I'm actually going to take the Panthers uh, in the first wildcard spot. And I started looking at injuries, and the Islanders are beat up. So I started to think, you, you never know what's going to happen there. They might be able to slip. But man, the Pens are beat up. Kulikov, Bonino, Petrie, Ruda, Pedersen, all with lingering injuries at the moment. The Islanders have Wallstrom, Barzell, Koivula, uh, Bailey, and Aho. It's, it's remarkable how, how tough that's been. But the Pens have had some struggling goaltending lately. They've got injuries and a tough tough lineup as well coming up down the stretch so i'm going to take the islanders in the second wild card spot and uh the penguins will be falling short in the sands as well okay so you've got florida then the islanders right as your one two yeah listen like when i looked at these 
sorry, just quickly about the Islanders. Like the reason that I think that they can pull it out despite those injuries is Sorokin. Yep. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, listen, when I looked at these three teams, uh, because that's what I boiled it down to as well. I don't think Ottawa, uh, Washington, or Buffalo are there. They're all under a two percent chance on money puck to uh, make the playoffs, despite having you know some some decent seasons, particularly from Buffalo and Ottawa. They just weren't hot at the right times and or for long enough or consistently enough. So you know, next year I think there'll be teams to reckon with in the in the uh, Atlantic division. But when I looked at those top three teams, like we mentioned, the New York Islanders, the uh, Florida Panthers, and the Pittsburgh Penguins, I thought, you know, first thing I should do is go to Money Puck and see what they say, because depending on where they are in the standings, you know, including points percentage and including strength of schedule going forward. Like it, it just made sense for me to go to money puck. They have Florida with an 80% chance to make the playoffs. The New York Islanders with a 69% chance to make the playoffs and the Penguins with a 47% chance to make the playoffs. But despite that, I think I'm going to take Florida in that number one spot, similar to you case and Pittsburgh in the number two spot and that would leave the New York Islanders falling short, uh, despite currently holding that first spot um, in, in the wild card race. And the reason I think this is because I'm more willing to bet on Pittsburgh and Florida overcoming some of their um, slumps. I would say Florida had a slump at the start of the season. Obviously, they had to work through some growing pains and figure out, you know, who was going to play goalie and and play it well for them and and figure out chemistry after losing Uyghur and, and Huberto. But, you know, I think for the most part, they figured it out. I mean, you mentioned how hot they are in their last 10 games. And Matthew Kachuk is having like almost a heart caliber season this year. He's been incredible. So I'm willing to bet on Florida. I feel like they've figured it out despite a, a really tough start, um, which I'm considering just a prolonged slump to start the season. And then Pittsburgh, same thing. I feel like all season long, they've been pretty up and down and streaky, whether they've been good or bad in that regard. So, you know, they're they're in a slump right now, but they've got, what, 12 games left. And I feel like if any team is going to be able to break out of that slump, get in and, and not only get in, but actually be competitive in the playoffs between these two teams, uh, Pitt, Pittsburgh and, and the Islanders. I think Pittsburgh really is the better team. And if they get some good goaltending from one of their guys, I think they'll be okay. So, and just when, when looking at the numbers for those two teams, when, when comparing them, Florida and, and Pittsburgh, they're both towards the bottom, both in the bottom five, actually, and goals below expected. So that tells me for two teams loaded with weapons, they've just been getting unlucky. And neither of those teams have been getting good goaltending either. So I'm most confident in Florida, I think. Maybe that's a recency bias because they won the President's Trophy last year. And, you know, I, I thought they were going to be worse, but but not as bad as they were, say, a month ago. Um, and then Pittsburgh, like you guys know that I've liked this team for the last few years and as long as Tristan Jari figures it out or DeSmith is able to come in and give them something between the pipes like I, I wouldn't mind that either and and I think I have more confidence in them than the Islanders who are still banged up but yeah yeah I just see things. I just see Jari losing four of his last five starts it looks really tough and then like they, they're playing some good competition in Colorado Dallas, Boston, New Jersey in the next few games. It's like those are not easy teams to turn around a slump against. 
Um, mm-hmm. Something to think about when it comes to Florida and goaltending is that Bobrovsky has p- played the last 13 games in a row. Mm-hmm. And they are really taxing him at the moment. And they're going to be going into the playoffs. We'll see how that turns out. Alex Lyon, I think, is starting tonight for them. So yeah. he, and he's we'll see how that he's goes. been good for them as well when he's uh, when he's played. And because obviously Spencer Knight is is in the player assistance program, and certainly uh, wish him well. But uh, yeah, Bobrovsky's not a young guy, and and uh, they're they're really uh, really wearing him out. That's for sure. Um, yeah, just uh, quickly um, on on my end with this, I I think it stays the same. I think the two wild card teams, as uh, it it's it's currently constructed right now, with the Islanders ahead of the Panthers, I I think that's exactly what we're going to finish with. I just the Islanders have the goaltending man. Uh, Sorokin may win. Uh, well, actually, I mean it's it. It probably will be Linus Allmark that will win the the Vesna this year, but um, Sorokin is going to get a lot of votes, and uh, he, he, you know, it, it it's perfect for the Islanders because, you know, regardless of how banged up they are, no Barzell in the lineup, this and that, you know, uh, it's it's perfect for them. They've got the goaltender that can give them the saves in a you know in a two one three two one nothing kind of game that. You know, we we see the the Islanders always play and play that trap style kind of defensive game, and you know um, the 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 type of hockey that they play under Lane Lambert. And going back to when Barry Trotz was behind the bench, it's it's perfect for this time of year. So I I just I can't see the Islanders not getting in. And then in that number two spot with Florida. You know, Chad, you mentioned Matthew Kachuk, and I absolutely agree that I think he will get some Hart Trophy consideration. We obviously know the guy uh, in uh, in Edmonton who's going to win it this year, but um, when you're thinking of other guys who could be very deserving, Matthew Kachuk in Florida, like, you know, Barkov is the captain there. He just became the uh, the leader in points in franchise history, passing Jonathan Huberto, funny enough. But Kachuk has been such a driver for them this year and really has been the heartbeat of the Panthers, I think. And um, I, I just I cannot see that guy uh, not in the postseason. Um, it's, uh, you know, it, it, he's just perfect for, for that type of hockey in, in, in this kind of year. And, um, yeah, I, I think we're looking at a scenario where, uh, the, uh, the other end of that big trade in the, in the off season, Uyghur and Huberto and the flames, they miss out. And, uh, you know, at one point we were in danger of it just being a complete wash and, Kachuk and the Panthers not getting in either, but I, I think they will just because of how he's played and the sheer will that he has, and they're they're rolling right now at the right time. So I think it stays the exact same. Case, let me ask you this as we wrap up on who we think is going to take the last two wildcard spots in the East. If you had to rank them in terms of who you would least like your Devils to face in the first round, if the Devils finish first, in uh, the Metro and overtake Carolina, who would you uh, be least willing for the Devils to play? Who would you hate to play the most? The Penguins. I. It's quite simple. 
Crosby scores almost every time they play each other for some reason. Well, not for some reason. He's one of the best players in the world. <laughs> and then the track history, we just lose against that team. So I, I'm going to go, I, I'd rather not play the Penguins because they're also the team that I think is most likely to upset Carolina just out of the blue because of the playoff history on this team, the way they play hockey. And uh, it's going to take Carolina, or uh, it's going to take Yari, Jari figuring it out by the end of the year, but I think that they can upset whoever they play, and that scares me a lot. Um, the Devils just played Florida and lost, so that doesn't make me feel great either. I feel like but, their uh, styles match a lot more, though, a lot more closely. They're both teams that can score off the rush. They're both fast. Yeah, exactly. I think they might have split the season series this year, so... I don't know. I think all of them will be interesting. I really am not scared of the Islanders at all. Um, what about Sorokin? The, <laughs> uh, well, with the way the Devils play hockey, they're going to get 50 shots on Sorokin because the Islanders collapse and the Devils are fast and creative. Um, so he, they're bound to score a couple on those 50 shots. Not that worried about the Islanders. Um, clip this for when they beat them in the first round <laughs> but yeah uh, i'm gonna say the penguins i'd rather not see them in the playoffs yeah that, that's what i thought i just thought it was interesting to ask because this could be a first round matchup the devils versus any three of these teams depending on how it shakes out in the next you know 10 to 12 games minnesota and new jersey play tonight and they can both take first place wow and you, you i mean you would like that more so than playing the Rangers in the first round, probably, right? Yeah, because I'll be an absolute stress bucket if, I, <laughs> if they play the Rangers in the first round because I'd rather die than watch them lose <laughs> those pieces of shit. That would be something else for sure. Uh, all right, uh, let's wrap up with a little fantasy corner here, guys. And so uh, this week we're, we're coming down to the wire here. We're in the final four now, and the boys in the booth fantasy hockey league but um you know quickly just looking at the uh the quarterfinal matchups from uh last week and uh you know we've got kuznetsov's third line that uh that got by uh nico is our captain in a pretty close matchup there another close one between north korea and the dirty birdies uh the no regrets uh the no regretskis excuse me get by the zamboni guy and then uh you guys can talk about your matchup that you had uh between you two in the quarterfinals case yeah, I got dumped on, and I quickly pivoted to thinking about this week. Uh, I'm not even going to talk about last week. It just didn't work out for me. My players underperformed. Chad's players blew up. That's the way it's been for me in the past. So moving on to this week, I'm pretty hopeful of this one. I'm projected to wall up the Zamboni guy at the moment, although I know he makes a lot of moves, and he might not have set his lines for the whole week yet. Who knows? But... um in the grand scheme of things last week, I did pretty good for points. If I was in other matchups, I'd be moving on right now. Um, so uh, there's my pride. Yeah, I mean, you would have beat the Zamboni guy last week. Um, 
so that's you know that's a win in and of itself and i'm not i'm not here to gloat case i mean i was the favorite going in i i think i had the better team on paper i bought, bought. at the trade deadline <laughs> like it, it just it made sense i was the favorite um so i'm not going to talk too much about it but it did finish 271 to 184 and in my really? other league you had to do that yeah, in my other league where I have a lot of the same players, actually, um, I cracked 300 points for the first time all season. So it was just a week where I had a ton of games played and uh, my players showed up and things were going well. So I was happy with that. Um, and Kuznetsov's third line barely squeaked by Nico as our captain, which would have been a major, major upset. I mean, he ended up finishing, uh, he, he beat him by 11 points, but it came down to Sunday where they were tied, I believe, or it might have been within two or three points. So it was really anybody's game until Sunday. And it actually, to me, uh, that's a win for Nico as our captain. I know. And just to put a, a little more perspective on that, um, I'm just pulling up the notes, not the notes, but the game that happened. It was Saturday that really um, ended it for them. Dallas versus Calgary. Um. Uh, Nico is our captain, has Huberto and Markstrom, who combined for a minus 0.5 together in that game. And Kuznetsov's third line has uh, Jason Robertson and Rasmus Anderson, who both combined for 30 points in that game or something like that. So... Uh, Jason Robertson scored the goal to make Markstrom lose, and it just blew that 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 competition wide open. That's tough because even if Markstrom got a win, that would have been great. And I know the pain because I have him in my other league, and I made the trade Demko for Markstrom, similar to what you did with Nico as our captain, and it just hasn't worked out. Markstrom and, and the Flames cannot win. We talked about this. Yeah. Uh, off air before we started calgary's been unlucky in so many categories this year um but hopefully next year they're a bit better so moving on to this week um in the semifinal, the two and three seeds that's myself and no regretskis currently projected uh basically to tie both at 241 he edges me out by uh about 0.25 of a point right now and we're tied at 17 so this is going to be a close matchup I think the entire week, I mean, today, I think we both have almost full lines. This could be an important day. Um, and then I still have a few pickups to make, so we'll see what happens. But this is not going to be an easy one, guys. And if I lose this, then I would have to beat Dirty Birdies, or, well, the loser of Kuznetsov's third line and Dirty Birdies uh, in the consolation final just to get my money back, which would just frustrate me to all hell because i've been the favorite all year long in terms of total points so that would just be upsetting in terms of the other matchup though kuznetsov's third line right now is projected to beat dirty birdies 211 to 150 so that is uh tough to see i don't know if dirty birdies has set their lineup for the entire week but uh we'll see how that goes fingers crossed anyway for myself this week because there is a decent chunk of change on the line in this league and uh, as i mentioned in my other one all right there we go down to the final four in the uh boys in the booth fantasy hockey league so if you're uh checking your instagram on friday we will be in buffalo watching the sabers and the devils uh we'll have to put up a couple of pictures uh you know a story or two while we're there looking forward to it fellas and uh thanks so much for uh 
coming on to do this episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, This has been episode 164. We will chat with you again next week. And again, uh, keep an eye out for us in Buffalo at KeyBank Center on Friday night. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at patreon.com slash boysinthebooth.